Too low for too long. How much of a mistake was it trading for Tulowitzki in the first place? The Blue Jays swing and miss on Bruce. Yet another Blue Jays regret. And soccer, is it time we give it the respect it deserves? All that coming up right here, TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. And the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. She said, Where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? You see, we've been some cool play, but all cool play this week, right? I was waiting for the drop. Come on, Chris Martin. When's it coming? Hold on. Wait for it. When does it start going? Do, 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 do. You know what I'm talking about, right? Should we be patient? It's 11 one. Let's see how long it takes for the hook. Here we go. This is the jam. Everyone throws the hands up in the air like they just don't care. Happy busted a move in the Sports Center update booth. What's going on, Toronto? This is more like it. Wheels with you. It's a beautiful Thursday in the city. Enjoy it. At Wheeler TSN is where you find me on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at TSN1050.ca. And the phone lines are always open. That's how we do. 416-870-1050. That's 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. In retrospect, and, and this is our poll question, I think we literally just settled on this about 30 seconds before we went to air, which is all good. It doesn't matter when. It matters what. Was the Troy Tulowitzki trade by the Blue Jays back in what, 2015? Was that a mistake? Just think about everything that's transpired between then and now. The Blue Jays have had two playoff teams. You can make the argument that some of it had to do with Tulo. Maybe not much had to do with Tulo. Maybe the teams were just that good. But right now, it's like an albatross. It's a weight. It's an anchor around the ankles of this Blue Jays front office. So it's very simple. Was the Troy Tulowitzki trade a mistake for the Blue Jays? Yes or no? At Wheeler TSN on Twitter to cast your vote. 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. A couple things to get to before we get into this topic in earnest and we kind of lay out some of the other debatable topics that we're getting into today. Um, Driving to work today up the Don Valley Parkway, it was one of the rare times where you see a go transit vehicle in the left lane. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that lane that's on the left-hand side, I guess it's for go buses. There's one on the 401 up and down the DVP, you see a bus or a vehicle in that lane, what? Once every two, three weeks? At best, 
boys, you got my back on this one behind the glass. Like, you simply, that, that lane isn't used. I have no problem with that lane being used for Go Transit if it's used regularly. Instead, it's just an empty lane. Like, it is a wide open lane that you're staring at while you're not moving in the three other lanes. Wouldn't it make more sense? Wouldn't traffic move better than instead of having that transit lane, which is never used, but instead you open it up for all cars to use? One more lane equals better flow of traffic? Is that too naive to think, Keith Bauer? I'm just going to have to disagree on how often you see them. I mean, I drive into the city probably two, three days a week. You see them a lot. Not a, I mean, not a lot because how many, you know, how many buses are going down there? But I'd say at least once a week when I'm heading into the city, I'll see I've one. I've never seen see one, one and I alongside. totally agree. And I use it as my angry getting in front of the guy who's pissing me off lane. Right. Oh, that, you're that's one of those Joe guys. Narsa, by wow. the way. You you use that lane. See, I'm too nervous. Like yeah. I, I don't need a ticket. I don't need. Uh, the whole idea that a cop's going to come out and book me. Like, I don't need any of that as part of my day. It's too stressful. So I sit and wait like everyone else, staring at this stupid wide open lane saying, why can't I use that? Why can't anyone use that? Not just me. It should be free and open for everyone to use. And all you got to do is put like a siren just like it's an emergency vehicle on top of the go bus, and when that siren's going, woo, you see the flashy lights, you move over. Wouldn't that work best for everyone? Look at this. I'm, I'm trying to solve Toronto's transit issues, but that lane is a waste, isn't it? Wheels for mayor. Thank you. Do you want to be my campaign manager? Yes. I need someone that can tolerate me. You tolerate me pretty well. I do, and I'm great at propaganda driving. Cool. Awesome, but we won't call it that. So let's erase the tape, burn this tape, real news with Gareth Wheeler. But man, that go bus blew past me today, and it was like, hold on to the wheel, 10 and 2, just hold on tight. But that lane is absolutely useless. Uh, the text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. Also want to mention, uh, Blue Jays lost last night, 11-5. Nick Tepish, thanks for coming out. Like, for anyone that was trying to sell you on the fact that the Blue Jays could or were still in this wildcard race, they only have, like, three starting pitchers. And they have a bullpen full of, like, who's that? Oh, a live body put him in there. Tepish got lit up last night, as did the bullpen. Blue Jays pitching situation, not in a good spot. And what was most incredible for me... Almost 40,000 people, like 39 and change. Great crowd. Blue Jays fans, you guys are amazing. Uh, Toronto fans, you guys are amazing. And you deserve better than that. But it's been a couple good years, so I digress. I'll leave it alone. The thing last night, the game went almost four hours. Four-hour baseball game on a Wednesday. I think it was like an hour and four, or three hours and 45 minutes. When you're getting shellacked. And I don't know what it is. New York Yankees games are the slowest on the planet. They just take forever. If there was ever a case in point that you need to make about adding the shot clock into Major League Baseball, and it's coming. I mean, just watch last night's game. 
Three hours and 45 minutes. I'm someone that says you have to speed that up. I was having this argument over the long weekend with a couple of buddies as well. They're saying, well, why do you need to speed everything up? Why today does everything have to be so quick? Like, just let it breathe. Get your money's worth. You ain't get your money's worth three hours and 45 minutes of regular season baseball when there's 162 games. There's a game each and every day. It's too much. It's too slow. I, I, I pitied the people working down there last night. The game just like went on and on and on and on. And oh, my God. What do you call it? The, the turkey nods? Like when you go, your neck like flies backwards because you fall asleep and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm at the Rogers Center. That would have been me last night. Far too long. Three hours and 45 minutes for a regular season game. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, coming up later this hour, Tom Manek, host of the Sports Market on TSN Radio, is going to join me. I want to have him on because this was a significant story last week that I feel like it should have got more attention than it probably got. But Major League Soccer signed a record sponsorship deal with Adidas, much like the NHL did, to be their merchandise Provider, So all of their jerseys, basically, and all of their gear will be Adidas, much like the NHL. But MLS signed a contract that's going to pay the league upwards of $117 million a year. That's significantly more than the NHL are getting paid per year in terms of the merchandise deal that was struck in 2015, just two years ago, for Adidas or Adidas to be the provider for the NHL. What does this mean? What 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 does this say about where soccer's at versus where the NHL's at? And, and perhaps it's just more to do with the growth of the game of soccer and where it's at in the United States, and maybe it has nothing to do with hockey whatsoever. But in this country, at the very least, we're always comparing sports. Well, where does the NHL stand in in respect with the NFL or the NBA or NASCAR or or whatever you want to say? But soccer is a sport that for whatever reason, and, 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 and I'll put my cards on the table. I'm obviously invested in the game of soccer. I grew up playing it at a high level, and I cover the sport now. But what always gets me is that anti soccer person. When people elsewhere don't necessarily like a sport, they just don't consume. They move on. Like, we're at a place here in 2017 where you can pick and choose what sports you consume. It's like a la carte. There's television coverage of basically every sport in every league imaginable. You can pay. You can consume. You can watch. You can listen to whatever sport you want. But for whatever reason... When a positive light is cast on the game of soccer, you hear the exact same Neanderthal primitive arguments. Oh, soccer's a game for wimps. Get up. Oh, look at the diving team out there. Like, it's the exact same. Like, for whatever reason, I guess because soccer is so big globally... There's that North American tough guy that needs to be like, oh, I hate soccer. Well, why? Well, I just do. Like, okay. But they always go out and complain and try to make a point 
how much they dislike the sport, which I don't really get. Because I think we've come to a point, whether it's this new Adidas contract that they signed with MLS. This isn't the Premier League we're talking about. This isn't La Liga and Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo. This is MLS, a league that's still very much growing right now. But for Adidas to spend that much money to be partners for the foreseeable future with this growing North American league, I think it speaks volumes. Target, they've left NASCAR. They're leaving, uh, I believe it's Kyle Larson, one of the best drivers right now in NASCAR. They're leaving the NASCAR game to affiliate themselves with MLS in the game of soccer. Are we at a point where we can no longer deny the significance of the game of soccer in North America. Because for me, we are. And try to make any counter-argument to that just seems like you're completely outdated. You're speaking like a different language. You're speaking in like 1990s talk, not here in 2017. Hasn't soccer grown in profile, inspector, and quality? And now in terms of business, to the point where you can't just discuss the big four leagues anymore because the MLS is part of that. And the MLS is nowhere near the biggest soccer league in the world. And, and I guess the, 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 the anti-argument or the argument against giving soccer a bigger profile or a bigger platform or a bigger stage or more mainstream attention is the fact that the television ratings still aren't great. They're, they're not. But much like the game of baseball, I think soccer is a regional sport. You support your own local team, your own community team. There are so many leagues, and there's only so much soccer you can watch. So I don't know how good the ratings will ever be, aside from a Champions League final, aside from a World Cup tournament, aside from those big major games where all the eyeballs are cast towards that one sport. The game is just too fragmented. It's very difficult for people to understand, well, what's the FA Cup? What's the Europa League? What's the Champions League? What's the Premier League? What's the MLL? Ah, There's so many games and so many competitions and there's so much to watch that I don't think the television ratings will ever be something that will satiate the desires of North American broadcasters, especially, and people that are looking for those television numbers. That's just not the way the game's built. And on top of that, you watch soccer communally. You go to the pub, you go to the supporters club, and you're watching with hundreds of different people. You're not just sitting there by yourself alone on the weekend. I just find it an interesting phenomenon where we're at right now in terms of the game of soccer in North America. We have a team here in Toronto. They're sold out between now and the end of the season. Portland Timbers come to town tomorrow afternoon. They're driving 30000 a game. Sponsorships sold out. It's an experience. I was down at an open practice where a couple thousand people were there to just watch a training session last night. You know, and, there, there's, and there's still people in the city that think that TFC is just some cute little team. It's like, are you missing the boat? Are you not watching? Are you not paying attention? And I, for years, have fought for more coverage because I know that Toronto sports fans are sophisticated. They don't bury their head in the sand. They like more than just hockey. There's a diversity amongst Toronto sports. And oftentimes, I don't think that we do a good enough job talking about all sports. Whether it's this station or through various platforms. But we're getting better. We are. 
And it's because this city demands it. We need to reflect our community and just to deny the popularity of soccer right now. I mean, businesses aren't. Why should we, as people who cover and document the game as well? Let me know your thoughts. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Is soccer now at a point in North America that it's too big to ignore? Or does it still have a ways to go? Let me know what you think about where soccer's at. And what that means, even if you're a hockey fan, that Adidas would sign a larger contract for merchandise to be the official provider of MLS gear than it does for NHL. What does that tell you about the game of hockey and where it's going versus the game of soccer and where it's going? 416-870-1050. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca at WheelerTSN on Twitter. I want to hear from you. Um, Let's light up these phone lines, people. Like, I know other shows... Don't take phone calls. This show is about you. So dial it up. Give me a call. And let's chat. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. This is your show. 1-855-591-6876 is the number toll free. Uh, yesterday, while we were on air, it was announced that Troy Tulowitzki was going to the 60-day DL. A.K.A. being put out of his misery. And he is really... Struggled since becoming a Toronto Blue Jay. A guy who was once a superstar has now turned into a human band-aid. And when you look at Tulowitzki's numbers in 10 seasons in Colorado, he hit 299, an OBP of 371, a slugging of 513, had 188 home runs, 657 RBI, but there was always an injury worry when it came to Tulo. And it came to a point where Colorado were forced to sell high. Since that time, he's come to the Toronto Blue Jays. He has been miserable. Absolutely miserable. Struggles defensively. His offensive numbers, horrible. And the Blue Jays are in a real difficult spot what to do with Tulo because they're not the Los Angeles Dodgers and cannot bury that contract. We'll get into whether Tulo was a mistake or not. Scotty Mitchell is going to join us in the next hour of the program, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Is this just a trade that's gone awry? Or was Mark Shapiro? And all those stories, and I don't know if it's true, about not being happy with Alex Anthopoulos, and some of the moves that he made. Well, that's the one you can circle, because while Jose Reyes' contract is up after this year, Troy Tulowitzki's not through 2020. He's here for the foreseeable And burying $20 million on a team with payroll parameters ain't good, people. Ain't good. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Who's on line one? Nelson in Mississauga. What's going on today, Nelson? Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. Uh, I just just caught the uh, beginning of your rant about soccer. And I guess i got to say, I could not disagree more with you. Go ahead. Um, well, I just got to say, like, it shows the weakness of your argument about it when you start, like, basically attacking the people who uh, who, who don't support it, saying they're antiquated. They, 
that they're behind in times. It may be, it no, 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 Nelson. Those are the people that end up being vocal about it. Like, I can't stand soccer, and this is why, and blah, blah. Like, not the people that just turn away and don't consume, but the people that are vocal about it. But carry well, on. I got I to tell you, maybe the reason why is because a lot of North American sports, maybe baseball is the, the one exception, is that North American sports are very physical. Soccer is a is a um, more European style sport where it's more a finesse rather than like um, physicality, and I think that maybe that's why people think it's wussy. Maybe that's why people don't ki- like it. So, quite so there's a player on Toronto SC named Stephen Batisher. In a game in June, he lacerated his pancreas in a tackle in the game, and continued playing for the rest of the game before going to hospital the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that whole idea that the sport isn't physical, that's an outdated perception, Nelson. I think that it, I'm not saying that it's not physical. Obviously, there's like there's slide tackles and there, like there's contact. I'm saying it's not as physical as perhaps, well, you could say football, American football, Canadian football, hockey. Um, okay, hockey. So- let's use hockey as an example. Isn't that a game where there's less and less hitting each and every year? There's less fighting. There's less physicality. There's a, bit, there's a big number of fans who are not happy about. Yeah, it. I was just going to ask you about that. Are you are you are you happy about the direction, no. the way that hockey's going? Oh uh, well, okay. I, I I do. I I I like the I like physicality in sports, but I don't like the Me fact. Too. Uh, and I don't like the fact that they're moving away from it. At the same time, finesse is also good. Like I like that they're adding more finesse to the game. I don't like it that it's at the expense of less physicality and less hitting. Sure, but I get it. I get it for injury. First. I, I hear but, your point, Nelson. What, I, I hope that I wa- that I'm not being uh, misinterpreted here because I'm not saying everyone should like soccer. It's just like everyone isn't going to like baseball. Everyone's not going to like hockey. Everyone, but it's like that anti soccer faction exists where it doesn't exist for other sports. Like I don't hear people like coming out and carving, you know, uh, football or hockey or baseball. It's just not the way that things work. You just turn away and you don't consume. But for soccer, for whatever reason, people like to grandstand about how much they dislike the sport, and that's what I don't get here in 2017 when clearly it's a sport on the rise in terms of popularity. Thanks for the phone call, Nelson. 416-870-1050. Let's go to Abdullah in Toronto. What's going on, Abdullah? Hello, how are you, Mr. Wills? How are you doing? Very doing, good. Doing great, buddy. How are you today? I like this topic very much. I think it's uh, about time somebody's standing up for the worldwide sport of soccer. It is, um, it is a shame how, you know, ignorance can just be uh, available for everybody to just talk about how they don't like sport but don't have any... Reason that is good fact. I think it's stupid. And I think that it's very important to know that it's only what? First year, second year, maybe of Toronto FC real success team. Yes. Before that, they have been, frankly, garbage. And now they are selling out. They added the, the, the extra stands to the stadium. And now they are filling up. It is. One of, if not the best, atmosphere to watch sporting events in Toronto. Blue Jays game, I go, my God. It is like, if it's not playoffs, just you drink and talk garbage. And you sit there for how many hours and do nothing. Toronto Maple Leaf game, you go and everybody is in a suit in the front, yep. and you yell, go Leafs, go, and they look at you with a Blackberry saying like, oh my God, why are you so loud? <laughs> Shut up, you're at a sporting event. Don't give me a hard time just because you're a corporate Mr. Man, okay? 
Now, Raptors game is the other one, I think, that it's getting there, but still has some white-collar type of, you know, prestige, oh, don't be too loud, I paid so much money for my ticket and my primary sandwich with the horseradish. So, I don't want to deal with that. But, you go to FC game, most people are standing many times of the game, and they are having a good time, enjoying themselves, and it is loud, and atmosphere with the chant, and everything is very good. So, if you want to go to a sporting event with the most energy, you go to FC. Now, very important, only number two year real success. You give this some time to grow. You give it some time for media to catch on, for people like yourself to advocate for the sport, and it will grow, and I think it will be able to one day become one of the premier, if not the premier sport, unfortunately, next to hockey, in this city. So, Abdullah, you firmly believe that times are changing and with companies jumping on board with the game of soccer wanting to link up or, or be part of that fabric, that it's showing the change of face in terms of popularity, maybe away from some of the more traditional sports into the what I would like to call the modern day age where, 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 where listen, the, the Toronto Canadian sports fan is a lot more sophisticated and have a lot more options than they used to have. I absolutely, they, I, but it's one down to one thing, Mr. Wills. Success. The team has success. People will follow you. Raptors were garbage. How many years? All of a sudden, they string together five years of good, good play, and not like one year conference finals. They right. string it together and look at the turnout. Jurassic Park, the the merchandise, the stadium, season tickets, everything on the rise. And it only took you five years of having a decent team. Great, right? great call, Abdullah. I love the passion. I think you raise a really good point. Thanks for the call. I got to get to a couple others, but I, I, Toronto has a sophisticated soccer community, and, and and some of them are elitist. Some of them only consume, you know, the league where the the league from the country that they come from or certain club teams. They demand a certain standard, and now that they're seeing that standard be met by Toronto FC, they're coming back to the team. So I think sometimes we underestimate how many people love the game to begin with. Let's go to Milton. Chris, you're on TSN 1050. What's going on, Chris? What's happening, Wheels? How you feeling, buddy? Good, bud. Last week sucked, but this week back at it. I've been there. Listen, that's kind of a segue into my story. First off, Abdul, the last caller, he really hit it on, on the head. He said, you know, when you have a winner, um, it, it attracts, it has that, that sort of that fascination, that titillation of a sports fan that says, well, what's the big deal about all this? Yes. I'm old enough to remember when the Blue Jays were nothing in this town. And, the, you know, the, the hue and cry to bring baseball to Toronto, I was just a kid, but I don't remember everyone saying, well, finally baseball is here. It was kind of one of those things where it just grew on us. And there were people that had a vested interest in bringing it here, mostly from a, from a corporate point of view. Um, but Abdul made a good point because when you build a winner, as the Blue Jays started to sort of organically become that winning organization that you, that, and they grew that familiarity, Everybody grew alongside of it. So I think that the genesis of, of, uh, of the interest in sport for soccer in Toronto, for people that aren't fans, comes from winning. And, I, and, and, and we're following that path along just as, as I feel sort of vicariously with the Blue Jays. When they started to win, we started to sort of take ownership so, of them. So, as Chris, as a, are, are, are you a convert to, to the Toronto soccer product? Like, are, you just, just, are you just yeah. coming on board? I've got a quick story for you. 1998, I was down with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was stuck in bed for six months, we on and off. 
And a buddy of mine brought over, at the time, brought over a little console TV to put up in the bedroom. My wife and I were just married. We couldn't afford a second set. So he brought this TV over and said, well, if you're going to be stuck upstairs all the time, I'll bring you a TV. So he hooked it up, and lo and behold, I probably watched 80% of the World Cup that year. And the one thing I saw, that, and again, his, this speaks to that thing about immersion. Once I watched it, once I had no bias, once I didn't have any sort of idea about anything else to do, and just watched it purely from a an objective way to sort of absorb the sport or absorb the event, I started under, you know, I started getting not just the nuances, but the, the, the bigger picture of soccer. Like everybody talks about, you know, the diving and then this and that, but hockey has that. The hockey had Claude Lemieux. Hockey had, you know, Tyson sure. Nash. They had all, so you can't cherry pick what you don't like about something until you really get immersed in it. And what I found was I just enjoyed so much the idea of, I watched soccer in a way that people watch a power play in hockey. If you turned hockey onto a, a, a hockey game onto somebody that never had watched a game before, and they watched how a power play set up, where there actually isn't any shooting, there's a lot of movement and maneuvering and positioning and, pre- and preparation. That's the perfect analogy for what I saw with soccer. I saw like just you know on mass preparation for a goal. So it has a different flavor than a typical end-to-end sport. And there is a lot of action. You just have to sort of buy into the subtlety of it and, and, and the pacing of it, and then it starts to, the game starts to come to you as a fan. Great call, Chris. Uh, honestly, that's fantastic. I think you encapsulated it perfectly. And you're kind of the sophisticated fan that's really continuing to grow towards the sport, and that's a large reason why it continues to grow in popularity, and the business of the game continues to make a whole lot of sense as well. Thanks for that phone call. We'll take more of your phone calls later on this hour and into the 12 o'clock hour, but Tom Manek will break down that deal. Does it say more about the future of soccer or more about the future of the NHL? When you look at the Adidas deal being richer for MLS than it is for the NHL. Tom Manek from the Sports Market checks in next. Continue to text me in the meantime at 10.50.50 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. This is Toronto Today, TSN 10.50. In a couple of moments' time, we're talking Troy Tulowitzki and, of course, the rise of soccer in North America. I might be cherry-picking the topic a little bit here today. You know my background. You know where I come from. Wheels up on Toronto today. Gareth Wheeler with you. But when MLS signed last week that $117 million deal per year, to wear Adidas jerseys, to have Adidas as the official, or Adidas as the official supplier of Major League Soccer. You just got to look down the road to the NHL. Two years ago, they signed a deal that's only worth $70 million a year. I think in most people's eyes, NHL is supposed to be far bigger, a much more lucrative venture than MLS, but perhaps this deal suggests otherwise. Instead of me explaining this, like I could explain to you from a grassroots level, from a perspective of what I see about an emerging fan base across this continent, but from a business perspective, who better to turn to than Tom Manek, host of the Sport Market on TSN Radio, at the Sport Market on Twitter, joining me from the West Coast, up early and at it, as per usual. Tom, what's going on, pal? Great to have you back on. 
Uh, great to have the wheels up. <laughs> My catchphrase is being stolen and being used all over the place, but that's okay. I won't I guess sue. my lawyers will have to talk to your right. lawyers. Well, sharing means caring, okay? Um, Absolutely. So, so did it raise an eyebrow for you when this MLS deal with Adidas came about last week at the MLS All-Star Game? You know, it, it certainly uh, struck me as, you know, another very positive feather in the cap of Major League Soccer. And I, I, I was surprised that, you know, the spike has happened the way it's happened. But having said that, you know, Major League Soccer is, you know, moving and shaking in a way that, a you know, a company that's so heavily vested in soccer globally, like Adidas, wants to make sure that it's not going to lose the traction that it has with Major League Soccer on both sides of the border. And so sometimes these contract deals, um, you know, they're like player contracts. They're a little bit about money on an annual basis, but they're also about term. And it's interesting to me that, you know, both sides signed off at six years, 700 million, which does work out to the 117 mil U.S. a year. So uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise, but again, we're talking about a global brand, a heritage brand that is so inextricably connected with soccer that Adidas didn't want to give up any ground, especially in the United States, to, you know, a, a rival bid from Nike. So they probably paid a little bit more than they needed to right now. Having said that, there's some real success stories that Adidas wants to be part of. You see what's happened with Toronto FC from the beginning, one of the more successful franchises, um, you know, at least on the business side for the first uh, decade, and now one of the most successful on both sides of the pitch, uh, on the business side and the, uh, the, the soccer side. You see what's happening in Atlanta. It is a remarkable success story in a market like Atlanta, which is typically not a great sports town. The way they have embraced uh, Atlanta United under the ownership of NFL owner Arthur Blank, uh, you know, you've got uh, attendance numbers that are going to, you know, go through the roof once they're in their, you know, new stadium. They're already, you know, among the attendance leaders uh, in Major League Soccer. So when Adidas is looking at those kinds of spikes in growth uh, and the slow but sure rise in television ratings, which is still the big Achilles heel of Major League Soccer, especially here in Canada, uh, you know that things are moving in the right direction. Right. With the with Adidas, I mean, they're linked. They provide the kits and the gear for teams like Manchester United, Real Madrid. But MLS still do a lot of people, you know, they try to pin it off as just some secondary league with waning interest. But that just doesn't seem the case, Tom. And I don't think that that argument can be made anymore, can it? When you see so many cities wanting to join the MLS fold for an expansion rate of 150 Fifty million dollars. It's just been incredible growth. What we've seen since teams like Toronto FC, Montreal, and Vancouver have joined the MLS fold. Yeah, Gareth, and and you know it, it's really important to put all of this in in a context. And I think anybody who is denigrating the growth of Major League Soccer under Commissioner Don Garber is is really missing the metrics here, missing the analytics. I mean, you look. You mentioned Toronto FC. Uh, they came in in the real first first growth cycle for Major League Soccer, uh, spending $10 million on an expansion fee. Uh, then you had Montreal and Vancouver join as 
Canadian franchise is number two and number three uh, in the range of, you know, 25 to 35 million. Well, you know, Toronto FC's original investment of $10 million has, has, has grown 24 fold, according to Forbes magazine's projection of enterprise value. They're now worth about 245 million, one of the top clubs in all of Major League Soccer. Vancouver and Montreal lag behind Toronto, but it's also partly market size, partly, um, you know, just the head start that Toronto FC had with season ticket sales and merchandising from back in the day. Vancouver Whitecaps are about 126 million, according to Forbes, and uh, Montreal Liberty. Million. But that's the thing here. Just look at the last decade or so for Major League Soccer. In 2004, you were talking about, you know, franchises uh, or sorry, Adidas making a first investment of 15 million a year. I mean, they, they, they're 10 times more on an annual basis. You compare the enterprise value, the expansion fee that Toronto paid back in the day to now. I mean, no one can deny that some smart people are looking at this and suggesting that there's some upside. Gareth, the one thing that's interesting to me is the TV ratings are still the weak point for Major League Soccer. But if you continue to have a fan experience and game atmosphere like they have in markets like Toronto, uh, Vancouver, uh, Seattle has been an unbridled success story. You know, attendance hovering around 40,000 at the home of the NFL Seahawks at the CenturyLink Field. I mean, those are all real success stories. Having said that, on TV, they've got to find a way to translate the experience in a way that more eyeballs are going to be watching on both sides of the border. We see some good steps in the right direction with the Major League Soccer All-Star TV ratings, about a U.S. average audience of 1.5 million, which is nothing to sneeze at. But you've got a lot of MLS games being watched by less than 100,000 people. I think through some destination scheduling, uh, maybe more clear marketing about you know how the MLS regular season um, fits with you know, international friendlies, international breaks, uh, uh, club competitions. Uh, I think more fans will be able to follow it on television moving forward. Well, this is what I would say is Tom Manek from the Sport Market joins us here on TSN 1050. I'm Wheels. There's only so much soccer you can watch, right, Tom? Like, there's Champions League, there's Europa League, there's World Cup qualifiers, there's Premier League, there's La Liga, there's Liga, there's MLS. Like, there are just so many games that are being played, and perhaps it's unrealistic to think that people are going to be able to sit there and watch game after game, day after day. It's unlike any other sport in terms of the overall scope of that, where I believe that soccer, unless you support one particular club team that you will watch globally on a weekly basis that it's a regional sport and you probably won't get the television numbers that you're looking at but despite that more and more companies are coming to MLS and becoming entrenched with their brand so that speaks to something else Tom that has nothing to do with television ratings uh, you know you're so right about that Gareth and again I think you described it so well I mean soccer is a global game when I was a little guy, I could really watch maybe once every four years. You know, yeah, maybe World a Cup. game a week if you were lucky. Maybe you'd see a Premier League game. Maybe. Well, that and that was you know as as a as an old school baby boomer. Um, you know, there wasn't even that much access to uh, Premiership back in the day. But now, 
the current generation of millennials and even more importantly, the upcoming Generation Z teenagers, they've got so much choice in terms of soccer, but that's also why more Canadian kids are watching soccer than the baby boomers. And I think you're going to continue to see young fans um, making the decision to sort of follow soccer at the regional level with their favorite club, if they're in Montreal, if they're in Toronto, or if they're in Vancouver. But you described it so well. It's a global game, but here in North America, television-wise, it's still very much regional. And there's still some work to be done there, no question. I think that there are some challenges in terms of how long the season for Major League Soccer is. But you just cannot deny the, again, when you've got a guy like Arthur Blank, He knows his stuff. He's an NFL owner. Uh, He's probably still spinning at the 28-3 lead that his Falcons, you know, gave up in the Super Bowl last year. But uh, part of the sting of that has been um, covered off by the fact that his Atlanta soccer franchise is off to such a remarkable start. You can't you can't look at that and say, wow, there's such a grassroots support for soccer that's being translated from all the youth participants, all the families who are soccer people in Atlanta, buying tickets and buying merchandise, buying jerseys, carrying Atlanta United. And again, if you if you look at what would you have, what would you prefer to have? You prefer to have both, of course, TV ratings and game atmosphere and attendance. But you look at how solidly consistent Major League Soccer attendance has been in the last three to five years, that is probably the single most important reason why Adidas and other companies are saying, listen, this is only going to grow as the demographics continue to change. Canada continues to get more multicultural, uh, international, and the world continues to get smaller through yeah. technology and, and specialty television. Uh, I think that all bodes well for Major League Soccer moving forward. And just the last point, Gareth, sorry, just the expansion. I mean, the fact that you've got a dozen cities looking to be part of this, you've got a soccer experience here in North America that could wind up being, you know, almost as large as the NHL and the NBA in terms of number of markets where those teams are playing. And, and, and that's where I want to go. We only have a couple moments here, but you, you document Atlanta. That's a failed hockey market. And there's a lot of failing hockey markets out there. And if you look at the deal that the NHL signed with Adidas just two years ago, it's worth approximately $70 million per year. Putting into context, Manchester United, who wears Adidas jerseys, signed a deal 750 million pounds over 10 years. So Manchester United alone is getting more money than the entire NHL. If you're Gary Bettman and and they try to put a rosy face on in terms of the business of the game, are you worried? Like, are you looking at the NHL imprint or lack thereof right now and saying, geez, it's kind of stagnating. It's not growing anywhere close to some of these other emerging leagues. Well, the glass half full answer to that would be that under Gary Bettman's watch, franchise values have tripled. Uh, there are there's real strength in the Canadian market. All sports uh, leagues teams have tripled and gone up, but fair enough. Go ahead. Well, it's you know that's that's true, but the NHL hasn't lagged behind, which is the important point there. Having said that, the glass half empty approach 
is the, in my opinion, arrogance that the National Hockey League has brought to its Olympic negotiation. And you look at the NBA and Adam Silver, and they're looking at not only having full court basketball in the Summer Olympics, yes, it doesn't conflict with the season the way it does in the NHL, but now there's going to be three-on-three basketball at Tokyo 2020. That's only going to grow the, the, the game globally. And I believe the National Hockey League has made a big mistake uh, for not trying to push for some kind of a deal, a win-win deal. The IIHF and the IOC poked the bear here, but that kind of approach, I think, is going to come back to haunt the National Hockey League while the NBA continues to grow globally and while soccer, which is the global game, it is the number one game around the world, uh, continues to gain some traction here in North America. If you stand still in this business, you fall behind. Great stuff, Tom. I mean, this conversation's not going anywhere. There's no one right or wrong answer here. But it's an interesting case study in between two leagues that are in this competitive North American sporting market, competing for sponsorship dollars, eyeballs, and a larger slice of the cake. You can follow him on Twitter at The Sport Market. Listen to The Sport Market each and every weekend right here on TSN 1050 as well. Great stuff, Tom. Appreciate it. I'll have to put the wheels down now for a soft landing. Oh, the wheels are always up, buddy. Wheels always <laughs> up. Thanks, Tommy. Tom Anak joining us here on TSN 1050. You heard Tom's point. If you're the MLS, you got to be excited. If you're the NHL, should you be worried? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 1050-50 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Wheels always up. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. It's time for a TSN 1050 sound war. Whoa, what a hit that one! This is the worst one for sure. Yes, it's the best on-air moments going head-to-head. Then you decide which one survives this TSN 1050 sound war. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new letter-up light logger. It's on-air moment seed number two versus seed number 15. On-air moment number two, Brian McCabe and O-Dog reminisce about Pat Quinn's favorite saying when they played for the Leafs. Pat Quinn's favorite, we got a guy. We got a guy who thinks he's a Zamboni out here. We got a guy who shoots at 106 in the skills competition, but he can't clear it on the penalty kill. (laughs) We got another guy who uh, twinkle toes won't block her. So we got a clip that sounded like that. On-air moment number 15, Dave Naylor, Steve Simmons, or sorry, Dave Naylor presses Steve Simmons for an answer to one particular question about the NHL's participation in the Olympic Games. What do you think, honestly, the players would say if you say, you can go, but if you come back hurt and can't play, you don't get paid? Let's begin with that. There's been approximately 500 NHL players. Answer the players. question, Steve. Would the players the share in the financial the risk? Answer the question, times. Steve. Would the players this share in the financial risk? Answer the question. This isn't about risk. Answer the question, Steve. Woo-wee! Some heat. R- reporter on reporter violence there. That's a 15 seed? That's not bad. Could we smell upset, people? Maybe. Maybe. You guys are shaking your head, though. No? I'm casting a vote for, what is it called again? Number 15. Upset. Exactly. Great, great sell. What is it called I'm, I'm calling Naylor Cinderella here. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite on-air moment. Seed number two. We got a guy. 
Or C, number 15, answer the question. Answer the question. That's what it's called. Voting for this sound war closes at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Sound Wars is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager at select Loblaw grocery stores. It's delicious. Give it a try. So those are two editorial statements by me. Try the Light Lager, Old Tomorrow, and... uh, Answer the question. Seed 15. Cast your vote right there. We got a guy who uh, thinks he's a Zamboni out here. Uh, eh, eh, eh. Don't know what that was right there. Uh, more of your thoughts. The rise of soccer, the fall of the NHL. Is that what we're looking at? Maybe that's way premature, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. 416-870-1050, toll free at 1-855-591-6876. And too low for too long. Was it worth it in the end trading for Troy Tulowitzki? All that coming up in the next hour of the program. Hit me up at Wheeler TSN. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050.